beautiful reminder, the call for all of us to prepare him room to let him in. We're glad you're here with us again this, uh, this Christmas season. There, there's just something about it, obviously. We know that. We recognize that in our own lives. Uh, for some of us, it's busyness out of control. Uh, for some of us, it's a, a fresh reminder of what the season is all about. And over the past few weeks, we've been uh, looking at Christmas kind of from God's perspective, what's involved with that. We, we began by looking at God's Christmas list. We're reminded we all have a list, people you have to buy for and things you have to do for others. And we looked at John 3, 16, God's Christmas list. For God so loved the world. That is God's Christmas list. He loved you. He loved me so much that he gave his son, Jesus Christ. Last week, we looked at God's Christmas tree. Of course, the cross of Jesus Christ, without the cross of Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, the incarnation of Christ means nothing. If Jesus were to just come as a man to live among us, that would mean nothing. But he came as a man to live among us in sinless perfection, to die on our behalf so that we might have redemption and forgiveness. This morning we look at God's Christmas gift from Luke chapter 2. And if you ask any child that happens to be at the mall and see Santa Claus, what Christmas is all about, you're going to get one singular answer out of all of that. Christmas is about gifts, isn't it? That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about gifts. Well, you know what? I'm not going to argue with that because Christmas is all about a gift at the very least. The greatest gift ever given. Now, every year I kind of remind you of uh, uh, Neiman Marcus, the high-end uh, department store and their Christmas catalog. If any of you are in the last week of shopping wondering what to get me, I just thought I would bring along a few ideas of what might uh, be appropriate or inappropriate. And I came across some of the most expensive items in this year's Neiman Marcus Christmas uh, catalog. The first one here is the House of Creed Bespoke Fragrance Journey. Now, you might be wondering, what in the world is a fragrance journey? Well, let me tell you what this gift entails. It is when you are given two first-class tickets to Paris, France, to meet with a six-generation master perfumer. I didn't even know they had such a thing. And this master perfumer will create your ultimate custom scent. Price? It's a mere $475,000 if you have it sitting around. Here's the next one on the list. You, you can be a part of the Vanity Fair Academy Awards experience. For $425,000, you can gain entry to the Vanity Fair's Oscar party and a lot of pre-party pampering that goes along with that. Uh, save your money, watch it on TV. Well, don't even watch it on TV. It's not even worth that. The next one, here's one for $300,000. We'll bring the price down for the rest of you here. It is the Slot Mods USA Ultimate Slot Car Raceway. Now, here's what happens with this. You can tell it kind of looks like a toy uh, from the picture there, and that's exactly what it is. This, this is a handcrafted 132nd scale model of your favorite racetrack, if you have one. It also includes white glove installation, but finding the spot in your house to install it is entirely up to you. $300,000 for this one. 
The next one, 100th anniversary, Neiman Marcus, limited edition, Maserati Ghibli SQ4, only $95,000. And if I have to explain to you what a Maserati is, don't even worry about buying this. Hey, here's the next one. Let's get down into our price range here. Uh, here you can have, I don't even know what this is, so I'm going from their description. A Leontine Lennon's House Trousseau, I'm assuming it's French, for $55,000. A lady by the name of Jane Scott Hodges, whoever she is, will come to your house, help you select bed, bath, and table linens for every room in your house from the master bedroom to the pool house. Make sure the pool house is done by the time she gets there. Really, $55,000, I think we could probably buy enough bed linens to have a different set every day and just not have to worry about laundry. That would be the great luxury in this. Now, here's the last one, $4,200. Now, this one is really of interest. I'll just be honest with you. <clears throat> cufflinks. 14-karat gold cufflinks. They have either Darth Vader or Yoda on one side and the Galactic Empire or the Rebel Alliance symbol on the other. You, you can get me those if you want to. Just, they're only $4,200. We talk a lot about gifts at this time of the year, don't we? We look at these expensive gifts, and, and maybe we even dream of expensive gifts that we might receive or be able to give to others at Christmas time. But when we look even at these most expensive of gifts, we realize that even though they're expensive, they're not the most valuable of all the gifts. You see, when we come to the Gospel of Luke, Luke takes us back to the very first Christmas. And he reminds all of us what we should do with this magnificent, this greatest gift of all. Look in Luke chapter 2 and let's begin in verse 10 and discover the joy that God's Christmas gift brings. Luke chapter 2 verse 10, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The great gift of God given in Jesus Christ, when the angel came and announced that, that gift to the world these 2,000 years ago, he announced to us that Christmas is all about joy. Good news of great joy. That's given. And we kind of experience that at this time of the year. It seems like at Christmas time there, 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 are, there are more smiles, there's more laughter. Uh, we attend more parties, we entertain, we are entertained. And you know, one of the things that makes Christmas so fun is just the sheer anticipation of it, isn't it? You, you remember this as a child and the anticipation that you had building up to Christmas. But there is, a, there is a joy in the anticipation, not just for those who get, but for those who give as well. In, in fact, I, I really think that the reason there is such joy at Christmas is because there's something related to the gifts that we exchange with, with, with one another. When I was younger... There was joy in the anticipation of receiving the gifts. 
This is my list. This is what I want. And when Christmas morning would come, we would rip into packages and throw boxes and scare neighbors with all that we did to find out what we were getting on Christmas. And then I grew up. I got married, had children, and the joy and the anticipation, anticipation shifted. It wasn't anymore on what I was going to get as much as it was on what I was going to give. So no longer am I grabbing the packages and ripping the paper. The packages are laid there, but I'm looking at the people around to see if they like the gift that was given. There's an anticipation that goes along with this and Christmas is filled with joy because of the great gift of God given that we receive. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 puts it this way, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. For what purpose? To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Do you understand the gift that God has given? He has given Jesus Christ so that we might be adopted into His family. That's an amazing thought, an amazing thing that we become children of God, adopted by God Himself. And the joy of Christmas is in knowing that the Son of God came so that we could become the children of God. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The gift given to us in Jesus. But look, look specifically at the gift that God gave. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angels announce it to the shepherds, unto you is born this day. But friends, I say it's not limited to them. It's not just for the shepherds, as we'll discover in, in a moment, but it is even today unto you. To you. For you. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. D do you remember when, when the anticipation would come at Christmas time? And, and maybe you'd run out of your bedroom, maybe you would run down the stairs, uh, wherever it is that you would run and you would find the presence there. Do you remember what it was like in the anticipation? The heart racing, mouth open, eyes wide with excitement, adrenaline pumping through your body, hands moving at warp speed to, to tear into the packages until the present was open. And then that anticipation turned into celebration. Seen it before? Child opens the gift. Oh, it's just what I wanted. And they hug it close to themselves. They jump up and down. They squeal with laughter and delight at the gift that they've received. You see, we're, we're wired for gifts. We really are. Human beings are wired for gifts. Out of all of creation, we're the only ones that celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and, and Christmas and things of that nature. We don't do that. Animals aren't really interested in that. Every once in a while, they'll leave you a gift, but it's not anything that you want. Animals don't celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and things like that. 
I think part of the reason that we celebrate this is because we are made in the image of God and it is in the very nature of God to give. He has given His Son, a Savior, Christ the Lord. And friends, when God gave Jesus, He gave a gift that calls for the ultimate celebration. And here's why. Because the best Christmas gift that you can give, it really kind of does two things in a good gift. It expresses the love of the one who gives it, and then it meets a need of the one who receives it. That's a good gift. And so in Jesus Christ, we see the love of the one who gives. And in that gift given, He meets the greatest need that we could ever have. Someone has written before, if our greatest need had been knowledge, God would have sent us a teacher. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need is forgiveness and redemption, so God sent us a Savior. Exactly what we need. 2,000 years ago, this baby who would shape the destiny of the entire world was born. We're told about that in verse 12. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Isn't that one of the greatest paradoxes of the Word of God? The King of glory the king of the universe, the king of creation. You'll find a baby. Not a king on a throne, not an angel on a cloud, but a baby in a manger. Don't go to the palace, don't go to the mansion, go to the stable. Would he be surrounded by servants as a king is? No. He'd be surrounded by animals. Would he be lying on a beautiful bed? No be lying in an animal box? Would he be living in the palace of a king? No. Be laid in the stable of sheep? Would he be wrapped in a velvet comforter? No. He'd be wrapped in any cloths that they could find laying around. A real baby. See, this, this wasn't just a show. God spoke this world into existence with a word. John tells us in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The agent of all creation. Becoming a baby. You know how dependent babies are. You know what babies go through. When we had hours, we would, we would watch them every step of the way as they progressed. Remembering when they, they first noticed, what's that? Watch the hand move. In amazement. Jesus did that. Here was Jesus who didn't understand words and had to learn to speak. Here was Jesus who needed to be fed Jesus who needed to be washed. Jesus who needed to be clothed. Jesus who needed to be changed. Jesus who needed to be cared for just like any other baby. But He was the most unique 
gift in all of eternity. He's unique because everyone can celebrate this gift. You know, the most meaningful gifts really are tied in some way to the person who receives the gift. For instance, if, if there's a golfer on your list, you don't buy the golfer fishing poles. If there's a fisherman on your list, you don't buy the fisherman uh, golf clubs. If there's a politician on your list, you don't buy them a lie detector. You, you just don't do things like that. It, it's, it's tied in some way to the person who receives the gift. But you see, here's the thing about God's Christmas gift to us. It's a gift that anyone and everyone can celebrate because it's the gift that relates to everyone. See, look, look at the titles again that are, that are given for us here in verse 11. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ, Lord. Everyone can celebrate. The Jew could celebrate Him because the promised Messiah, the Christ, was born. The one who was heir to David's throne. The one who throughout the Old Testament was prophesied and predicted for the Jew. The Jew could celebrate. But then the Gentile could celebrate as well because a Savior was born. No longer did the Gentile have to become a Jew or, or adopt Jewish practice in order to have a relationship with God. The world can celebrate because the Lord was born. The Savior brings forgiveness and redemption. The Messiah, the one promised from the beginning, reminds us that God always keeps His promises. All the way back in Genesis 3, God promised that a Messiah would come. And here in Luke chapter 2, we find the fulfillment of the, that the Messiah has come. The Savior, as Lord, He brings rule. And reign. He has the ability to control your life when no one else can. The only response that could be given was the one that was in chapter 2, verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. See, this is where we get to the nitty-gritty of your response to all of this. A Savior has been given. Sin's price and penalty has been paid. Redemption has been accomplished. What is your response to all of this? Came across a story recently of a man who had received a Christmas gift and for various reasons received it 49 years ago and still hasn't opened it. How would you feel if you got a Christmas gift for someone and they did that? be kind of offensive, wouldn't it? You don't want that. You want someone to receive what you have lovingly provided. But yet that's what so many people do with God's Christmas gift, the gift of Jesus Christ. See, next week a lot of people, they're going to open their Christmas gifts. But they're going to leave God's Christmas gift completely unopened and completely unreceived. So sad. Do you know when Christmas really happens for you and for me? Do you know when it really happens? Christmas really happens for us when we receive the gift of God given to us. I, I, I brought with me 
This is, this is in my desk here at the office all the time. It's a pen. It was given to me last year as a gift from my wife. But do you know when it became a gift to me? When I received it. You see, a gift can be given and you can leave it laying on the side and never receive it. And it's not a gift. It's a paperweight. It doesn't become a gift until you receive it. That's when it really becomes a gift. That's what Jesus did. He stepped into our world. He stepped into your world. That's why we are told that His name is Emmanuel, God with us. Great gift given for you. But it doesn't become your gift until you receive it. That's what Christmas is all about what we are given that we never could have possibly deserved. That's why there's rejoicing. That's why there's celebration. Because of the gift given on our behalf. Father, this day we are reminded of the great, precious glorious gift of salvation. We're reminded, Father, that You have given what we most desperately have needed. You've given a Savior, Christ the Lord. And Father, my prayer for all of us today within this place is that that would not be a gift that is, that, that is unreceived, but that it is a gift that we lovingly embrace because the gift has been given for us. Father, today my prayer is for those who do not know Jesus, for those who in this very moment are still living under the weight of their own sinfulness. For those who, who are unable to say, I have received that great joy, but are still living under the cloud of condemnation. Father, would you speak into their heart and their lives today? Would you, through your Spirit, show them your love? and the sacrifice made on their behalf. Father, would you bring us back to Jesus this morning? For those of us who know Him today, Father, I pray that we would, that we would like the angels, announce to those around us the good news of great joy, that a Savior has been born, Christ the Lord that many people would come to know Him and experience salvation in this time. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen.